Welcome again to Change Your Mind About You, where we are on a journey together to awaken to our true identity. I'm your host, Kevin Mack, and today we're going to continue with our series of episodes on applying forgiveness. Today's topic will focus on the meaning and the importance of repentance. But first, some background to set the stage. Did you know that the scriptures essentially equate the forgiveness of sin with healing? We see this in the healing of the paralytic man in Matthew's gospel. This paralyzed man, while lying on a mat, was brought to Christ. Christ recognized the faith of those involved in bringing the man to him, so he tells the paralyzed man to take heart and that his sins are forgiven. When accused of speaking blasphemy by some of those present, Christ replied to them in Matthew chapter 9, verses 5 through 7. He said, Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. Thus to forgive sin and to heal means the same thing. Christ demonstrated that to us in this particular healing of the paralyzed man by what he told his audience. We learned in previous episodes that to forgive sin is to take it away because in truth it never really occurred. Sin is nothing more than a false idea about God's Son. If removing this false idea from our minds that is, the belief in sin, results in healing. Doesn't it make sense that the belief in sin is responsible for sickness? Yet human beings in general do not believe this. That's why we continue to see so many forms of sickness in our world today. As we've just seen, the ministry of Christ is a healing ministry. A ministry whose purpose is to eliminate sickness in all its forms. We see this from the very beginning of Christ's ministry. Just prior to beginning his ministry, he moved from his hometown of Nazareth to Capernaum. Let's pick the story up in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. Where it says there, From that time on Jesus began to preach, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven has come near. As a way of introducing this healing work, he presented a message to his audience. Repent. The Greek word translated repent here is metanoeo, spelt M-E-T-A-N-O-E-O, which means to think differently. Why think differently? Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
What Christ is telling his listeners is that the realm of heaven has come near to them. And he not only announces its presence, but demonstrates it everywhere he goes. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. In other words, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, meaning the mentally ill, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. And he healed them. Christ's demonstration of the kingdom of heaven coming near was, quote, healing every disease and sickness among the people, end quote. Christ's message was backed up by his actions. The message of forgiveness of sins, talked about, which we talked about before in Luke 24, verse 47, is a message of healing. In fact, Christ referred to himself as a doctor in one of the passages in, in the Gospels. Let's read it here in Mark chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? The religious leaders of the time, obviously by this comment, interpreted the scriptures in such a way that they believed it right and proper to avoid sinners, to separate themselves from them, likely because they somehow contaminated or looked down upon keeping company with those kinds of people. But Christ thinks differently. That's what it means to repent, to think differently. Verse 17 of Mark chapter 2. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Again, highlighting the relationship between sin and sickness. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. It's also interesting to note here that this particular story is found in each of the three synoptic Gospels. We just read from Mark, but it's also there in Matthew and Luke. Now, Matthew adds a statement to this discussion which emphasizes the spirit behind Christ's healing work. He tells the Pharisees, in addition to what Mark wrote, he says, but go learn what this means in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Healing to Christ is a work of mercy. It removes the effects of sin and sickness. It is a work whose objective is to relieve suffering. Sickness is a form of suffering, is it not? 
thus to relieve suffering due to sickness is also to be the work of his followers. James emphasizes this to the followers of Christ in James chapter 5 and verse 16. He writes there, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This phrase, confess your sins, can be misleading in the way that it is typically used. It ought to be used in the same context as repentance, to change the way you think about sin so that it can be forgiven and you can receive healing. Luke, in his version of this encounter with the Pharisees, makes this principle clear in Luke 5.32, where he quotes Christ as saying, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Notice Luke added the words, to repentance, to the second part of Mark 2.17 that we read earlier, because it is in the context of repentance that the confession of sin that James speaks about is required. This confession of sin is necessary to admit that you have a reason to change the way you think. And it's necessary to change the way you think precisely because the kingdom of heaven is near. It's at hand. In fact, Christ says in Luke 17, 21, that it is in your midst or within you. Now, why is this concept important? Let's go now to 1 John 3, and let's start with verse 4. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. The law being spoken of here that is broken by the presence of sin is none other than the law of the kingdom. This kingdom resides in you. So follow this logic now. If the kingdom of heaven is within you, and at the same time you break the laws of this kingdom, Will that not put you in a state of conflict, not only with the kingdom, but also with yourself? What happens to those who break the laws of their country? What happens when we act against our own best interests? We end up getting punished. We suffer. Sin causes suffering. Those who suffer are sick. Thus Christ, as the doctor, comes to heal the sick. And he does this by taking away the cause of sickness. What is the cause of sickness? John tells us in 1 John 3 and verse 5. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Verse 5 here is yet another way of saying, 
Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But it says something else as well about this Lamb of God, that he is an innocent lamb. That is what is meant by the phrase, and in him is no sin. So when he takes away our sin, what does he do with them? The next verse, in verse 6 of John, 1 John 3, uh, gives us a hint. It says there, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Once our sins have been removed, we are said to be living in him. This implies that we have then experienced a change in identity. Each of us in our world typically identifies with our body. When sins are taken away, however, our identity is no longer associated with our body. We are now part of Christ. And because our, our identity is now in Christ and there is no sin in him, neither is there sin in us. So those that are in Christ no longer have any association with sin. Yet there seems to be something not quite right with this interpretation. We still see sin in the world, don't we? Why? If those that are in Christ no longer have any sin in them, why do we continue to see sin in the world? It's not for the reason that some may think. Let's go now to Romans chapter 8 and read verses 9 and 10. It says there, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. What Paul is saying here is our true selves live in the realm of the Spirit where Christ lives. Because this is so, our identity is no longer tied to our body. Notice in verse 10, it says, Your body is subject to death because of sin. To identify with your body is to identify with sin. So to see sin in the world is to live in the realm of the flesh. But Paul just finished telling us that those of us who identified with Christ no longer live in the realm of the flesh, but rather live in the realm of the Spirit. And because in Christ there is no sin, you see no sin. Thus, upon repentance, we perceive an entirely different reality, a world where you see no sin. That is the world that Christ sees. That is why we need to repent 
And as a result of this repentance, a result of thinking differently, sin is forgiven, that is, taken away, and we are healed. It is this healing that demonstrates that we have repented. Healing is the effect. Repentance, changing the way we think, is the cause. In the book of Revelation, we're informed of the so-called end times, the period of final judgment. Now, much of what is portrayed there are scenes of horror with lots of frightening symbolism along with massive amounts of human suffering. Many have thought that at this time in the future, God will be punishing humanity because of its sins. Yet such an interpretation does not square with the merciful healing work of Christ, who is one with God, in fact, and he was sent by God not to condemn the world, but to save it, as it says in John 3.17. So there must be something we have missed in our interpretation of these scriptures in Revelation. What is it? Uh, let's go to Reve Revelation chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 20 and 21. It says there, The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues. Now there were three plagues cited earlier in this chapter that took the lives of one-third of the human population. Even after experiencing this event, the other two-thirds of the population still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Verse 21, Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, or their faults. We have a tendency here in these verses to focus on the sins, the worshiping of demons, the practicing of magical arts, the sexual immorality that are cited in verses 20 and 21. I don't want to focus on those because these are merely effects brought about by a common cause. The cause of human suffering. Hear this well, my friends. The cause of human suffering is the refusal to repent. The refusal to change the way we think. The refusal to take to heart the message of Christ. To refuse our own healing. Isn't that madness? And the madness continues to play out even after Revelation 9. Let's go to Revelation 16, verses 8 through 11. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. There were these um, seven bowls, I think, uh, that, were, that were cited. And we're here at the fourth bowl. Poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch the people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over these plagues. 
but they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. The singular cause of continued human suffering is the refusal to repent, the refusal to change the way we think. In our madness, we would rather blame God for all our troubles, as is shown in the scriptures we've just read. After all, it's much easier to blame God than to take responsibility for our own errors in judgment. And that, my friends, is the sin of Adam. Back in Genesis 3 and verses 11 and 12, you can read it there, that Christ and his followers have come to correct. Will we listen to them? Will we act in our own best interest by repenting? We're completely free to make the right choice and to enjoy and witness an entirely different world because the kingdom of heaven lies within us, as Christ said. By repenting, changing the way we think about both ourselves and one another, we release the healing power that lies within each and every one of us. And as we do, no longer will we identify with our bodies which are dead because of sin, but rather we will identify with Christ, the Son of God. That is the core message behind this podcast and why it is called Change Your Mind About You. Thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Kevin Mack, reminding you all of you, all of us, to repent because the kingdom of heaven lies within each and every one of us. Such a change of mind has life-changing power and completely alters the way we perceive both the world and one another. Healing is the resulting effect, but repentance is the cause. There is no loss in making such a change only gain. There is no sacrifice whatsoever to be made. You want to experience a world filled with happiness and peace of mind, totally void of sorrow, crying, and pain? Then repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Until next time, take good care and Be well, my friends.